BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, fam. I am so excited about today's episode because I honestly could have chatted with her forever. Today, we are joined by Madison Utendahl, the founder and chief creative officer of Utendahl Creative, an all-female, black-owned, anti-trend branding and design agency. We chat all about recovering from perfectionism, how to avoid and overcome burnout, and so much more. I truly believe that this episode has so many insightful pieces of advice for everyone, and I hope you love it as much as I do. Come on in, take a seat, pour a drink, pass one to me. Frickle food, dear friends, talk about life's odds and ends. Throw away your hesitations, have a filter conversations. If you've got an ear to lend, here's Frickle food, and friends. Madison, thank you so much thank for joining. For it's I already been, enjoyed our I conversation. Know. Free. We've. <laughs> Same. We've been on prior to this starting just chit-chatting. And now I that's honestly what I love the most and why yeah. I like doing in person so much better than mm-hmm. virtual because you have that like intro period yeah. to just chat, get to know each other, feel the vibe, totally. like yeah. who are they? And it automatically sets the tone for the interview. I feel you. I'm with you. So I said this to you offline, but I am super fascinated by your focus and determination to like get rid of or I guess like step aside from burnout Mm -hmm. hustle culture yeah yeah. and I am a recovering perfectionist type a control freak who has historically been a overachieving anxious person Mm -hmm. where like every time I'm worked up and anxious like I work harder I obsess over things further and then I get these accolades I'm like well I have to keep doing it yeah gotta keep going damn accolades yeah yeah And I could lock myself in a room and work for Mm -hmm. a week if I was left to it. Like, I I love working. Yeah, no, I feel you. And it's toxic. Really fucking toxic. Yeah, yeah. And I've been trying so hard to set boundaries, cut back. Like, especially now that I'm a mom, my goal is to spend more time. Like, I spend a lot of time with my child. I'm just like duo, stay-at-home working mom. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't have a title for myself. I don't really feel I need one. (laughs) But I always want to spend the most time with him as possible Mm -hmm. and work smarter. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, selfishly, all of your thoughts on this topic. (laughs) I could talk about this for days. And I also don't have all the answers. I know that. But like, can we go back to the beginning? Yes. What do you think led you into such deep burnout? Yeah. Well, I mean, everything you're saying, I deeply, deeply relate. I feel like as a child, 
I mean, my parents used to joke that like I was like seven years old and I'd be like, I'm ready to make my doctor's appointments now. And they're like, who, <laughs> who is this child? And there's another story that my like, I guess in eighth, seventh or eighth grade, I got I was like, you know, getting on Dean's list, which I'm also like what kind of freaking middle list? school yeah. Dean's list. Like yeah. maybe a lot of this was created by that environment. But I got like a B plus. And I didn't get on Dean's list like second semester of my seventh grade year. And I literally like freaked out. My parents said they had sat down and they were just like, how did this child end up this way? So I truly think I was born this way. Okay. My parents are not. I mean, they're super high achieving individuals, but they did not raise us to only be successful. It was like. Can your parents relax? My mom can. My dad. uh, Because mine cannot. Yeah, that's a good. it's, It's interesting. Like. They're both very hyper in different ways. Okay. They, they're they both in the period of their life where they're working less and I'm watching them enjoy it. So right now I think they're both learning how to relax or can relax. But mm-hmm. I bet in my childhood I would have been like absolutely not. Yeah. But as a kid, I was just – I had this real obsession with being the best. Mm-hmm. Same. Just the best. But it was – it was. I, I mean I still feel this way. Like I take a lot of joy in winning. Like the adrenaline dopamine hit of winning and maybe because like I don't do drugs, I don't drink like that might be my other my way of getting it and eating is my high. And as a child and as a kid, I was like really obsessed with being the best. And mainly academically? No, everything. Everything. Like sports was I still love sports, but like really wanted to win in sports. Like I remember my dad having these like very serious conversations with me about like you don't have to like losing but you need to learn how to respect it which I actually think is some of the best parenting advice he's ever given me. I need that advice. (laughs) Well no like I academically was not the best. In in college I all of a sudden started taking my academics very seriously and like the first semester. Oh interesting. Yeah Yeah. no like I had learning disabilities for most of I mean I still do like my life and I was diagnosed and all these things and so I felt stupid in like middle school and high school and I didn't do well in school Mm -hmm. and because of that it was just part of my narrative I was like oh I'm not good at school it is what it is but I was psychotic with sports and like they were my life yeah 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 and I was determined to be the best best. and I was and then I went to play d1 lacrosse so like it all paid off yeah 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 but in college I I don't know what changed but I was like I'm gonna try my first semester and I got a three nine seven, and wow. I was like, "Well, I can never do worse." Like that oh, was wow. my That's narrative. All it took. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, now I, yeah. I have to keep this GPA. What if I yeah. drop it below right. that? That would ruin me. And so, yeah. I was crazy about yeah. lacrosse and my schoolwork while still having this social life. Like, I don't know how I survived. Yeah, wow. And I ended up graduating with like you know, cum laude honor, yeah. all of those things. I did not keep the three nine seven, but I was close. Wow. And it that was what really like took it from not just athletics, but to everything, everything. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. And yeah. I loved winning. Like yeah, I just yeah, told you yeah. we had a field day for our yeah, wedding. Yeah. My team lost <laughs> kickball. No, like I'm not even kidding. I'm You're still so no, I'm so embarrassed <laughs> by this still. I my husband and I, he also played sports in college yeah. and is if I'm competitive, this kid is next level. <laughs> yeah, totally. So we had a full draft where we went out on a date, the two of us. We had our entire guest list of the, th- oh the first God, night and I we did a this. draft of teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like specifically chose our most athletic guy friend. Yeah. 
and he was an investment banker and it was a Friday that we were Textbook. asking people. So yeah. he's like, oh, I got to stay in my like hotel room and do work. And I was so mad. No. So we lose. And I'm like, well, it's all his fucking fault. Right, right. And we're like doing like a handshake thing. And I'm like literally almost no, in did tears. You not and shake? Joe looks at me and he's like, Cam, you got you, to you grow up. Yeah. Like at this point, grow the fuck up. It's our wedding. It does not matter. Grow up. It's That's the respecting losing thing though. I, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. still learning. <laughs> Sorry. I took us on a tangent. No, okay. you're good. You're good. No, it's funny you say that because I took, I had the opposite experience where I got to college and I went to Brown. So I also think it was like the environment mm. of like, if you were the like type A overachiever yeah. at Brown, you were a fucking loser. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that <laughs> was not the place to be like, I have to be the best. That yeah. was the place to like, do mushrooms and like miss class because you were having like a philosophical like debate with someone yeah. like on the lawn. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just it just it unlocked in me the like part of myself that I now very much exist in. But like it was the beginning of the like I don't give a fuck Madison okay part of me that like I I didn't even know existed until I got to college. Amazing. Where like I realized first of all Brown was College was hard for me and it would have been hard for me anywhere, just like where I was in my life. But the ability to take classes pass fail. Wait, you can do that? At Brown. Yes, you can. All of them? All of them. What? Unless you are in like going to apply to business or med school, you can elect to have ABCDs. Okay, so that well, that's those... incredible. Oh, yeah. So what it means is for someone like myself, like a type A person, the permission that's what to it is. still pass and get like a 75 was Oh, yeah. I became like, I graduated from Brown, like probably barely getting through. And I was like, yes. Well, and that's <laughs> honestly like the working smarter, not harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. I feel I always need permission to yeah. do mm -hmm. that I don't know if I've ever given myself or been given by someone else. Yeah. So well, what a blessing that was. That's like, that was one of the biggest unlocks for me that even now I think about a lot because the perfectionism and the type A tendencies came right back once I started working. Okay. Because I went back to environments like my high school and middle school that were not conducive or encouraging of people like having healthy balances, yeah. right? Like Where I worked, did you work out of school? Was at HBO. Okay. And this was in the heyday of HBO. I mean, HBO was never not in a heyday, but this is really when it was like girls, Game of Thrones, Insecure. I mean, just the coolest the place to work yeah, yeah i'm sure and i went right back to those high school tendencies of just like i need to be the best and working in television is so hard yeah it is you get paid on 12 hour day minimum mm -hmm. and i mean one thing i do respect about hollywood and t tv is that like it's one of the few places that's still very much like everyone starts in the mailroom everyone doesn't matter who the hell you are how much money you have like everyone starts there yeah. and so it's extremely humbling especially as like you know i was 21 years old fresh out of an ivy like thought my shit didn't stink and now i'm like oh fuck it <laughs> it does it does smell it, it is does. not roses I'm, this is low but it really ingrained in me like okay i have to work overtime i have to work harder than everybody else i have to be the best i have to just outshine and it killed me. How long were you there for? I was there for about two years. When we moved to the suburbs, we did a massive audit of everything we owned. 
clothing, kitchen gadgets, shoes, appliances, etc. You name it, we sorted through it and decided what we were going to keep and what we were going to donate. Since we were starting fresh in this new house, I wanted to upgrade some items that felt a bit too run down for my liking, specifically our pots and pans. We had had ours for probably eight-ish years, and they had definitely seen better days. We decided to swap our old set with Caraway, and I have been so freaking happy with the decision since the day they arrived at our doorstep. Most importantly, Caraway's high-quality ceramic-coated kitchenware is free of PTFE, such as Teflon, lead, cadmium, and other toxic materials. Now that I am cooking majority of my son's meals, this was a huge selling point for me and something I made a priority when looking for pot and pan replacements. Also, I absolutely love the variety of chic shades the sets come in. There are options for everyone's personality and style, and I, of course, went with their navy to play off the blue tone of our kitchen. I absolutely love the way it looks. So yes, made with the materials I feel safe using and the design is great, but my favorite part about Caraway is the naturally slick surface. Let me tell you, I freaking hate cleaning pots and pans. Like I utterly despise it. And Caraway requires minimal butter or oil for slide off the pan eggs and is super easy cleaning. And I am so grateful for that. If you're hooked like I am, visit carawayhome.com slash Cameron to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash Cameron or use code Cameron at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, friend. I'm Nicole Walters, mom of three, your internet bestie, and founder of Inherit Learning Company. If you're looking for the motivation you need to pursue a life of purpose, then join me each week on the Nicole Walters podcast as I share my hard-learned lessons and answer your DMs about life, business, and everything in between. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Check out the Nicole Walters podcast every Tuesday here on Dear Media. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. Do you ever feel like, because right out of school, similar situation, I mean, similar situation in the sense of like going right back into the overachieving, because for me with school, the college thing was, yes, I was obsessed with my work and lacrosse, but I was also like, it wasn't that that was closeted, mm-hmm. but that wasn't my identity. Like, sure. I was at every party. I yeah. was like that type of person. So I didn't feel like I was competitive with other people. It was mm-hmm. more insular. Same. Yeah. Especially with yeah, academics. Yeah. yeah. And then I went to JP Morgan out of school. Oh, yeah. And I was in sales and trading for five years and talk about hyper competitive yeah. psychotic oh, yeah. behavior. Yeah. My parents are investment bankers. Okay. So, yeah. so you get yeah, it. Yeah. My mom was an investment banker. My oh, dad's yeah. been in the 
finance industry his whole life. So like I grew up watching this. Yeah, same. And it was mm-hmm. what was ingrained in me. So clearly. Yeah. Okay. So that. They had the same trial. Yeah. <laughs> but I just felt now when I reflect back. Yeah. I A, want to like hug that girl. Yeah. Like so, like I will, when I'm in my feelings, like just start hysterically crying if yeah. I think about it. And yeah. I'm like that yeah. poor little girl. I know. But also like I think about how hyper-focused I was on my own success and so like tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. I almost envisioned those horses with blinders on yeah. where I'm like my yeah. life is the only thing that fucking matters mm-hmm. and I need to be the best and I need to do this. And I regret so much of what I missed. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way? A lot of what you just said really hits home. And one thing that came to mind as you were speaking is that like, so much of those tendencies that we both embodied for so much of our lives is really a product of the environments and the institutions that we were very much operating underneath. And that's my biggest call out is that shame on these schools Mm -hmm. that allowed for 18 year old girls or 15 year old girls to feel that they had to perform that way in order to be accepted, seen, loved, told they were good yeah because that's the reality right is that like at least for me and no at not one moment throughout my like middle school or high school years did anyone in those institutions in my high school or middle school say like how are you feeling doing all this work right how is this stress impacting your body never never no one took any sort of emotional consideration of like what is happening for that child Mm mm-hmm where they, what are what are they actually not learning about themselves that they're going to learn the hard way as an adult because we're not giving them any space when they have no consequences? I should have been all in my fields at 14, 15 years old. That was the perfect time. I had no yeah. fucking job. No I mean, like, what the hell was I responsible for? Were your parents ever pressuring you to be the best? No, but, you know, they just led by example. You mm-hmm. know, like, they were both such high achievers mm-hmm. and... They had, you know, routine Wall Street people. So I didn't really know. No one showed me that, like, you could sleep in. Oh, neither. Oh, my God. No. If you slept past 730, what the hell were you doing? No, even on the weekend, my parents would be like, why are you sleeping? Get up. (laughs) Yeah, get up. Get the fuck up. Yeah, but that's their trauma from that generation. Mm -hmm. Because, like, my parents are, I love them to death. They're 66 and 67. And, like, man, that generation, I'm convinced, is like does not deal with their feelings. Oh, oh man! And all my friends' yeah. parents, I would say the same. My thing. parents are the exact same age, a year younger. Yeah, yeah. like that was, and I, and I, it's not their fault What's either. That? What's that? No, no, never. And mm-hmm. so we're self-taught in many ways, yeah. right? Like so much of this awareness, the decision to go to therapy, to unpack, to stop drinking, to meditate. No one showed us that, right? Like mm-hmm. that's really. We have to give ourselves that grace. But I do look back on the institutions because I'm like, you knew the consequences. Our parents were first. I mean, for me, I was like the first, the eldest child, essentially. Okay, I'm the So middle. they had like never done this before. I can't expect them to have known to like tell that 14-year-old child to go within. Mm-hmm. But like schools know. How yeah. many 14-year-olds do they, like, they They know. They know that 14-year-olds need that time and space, but they don't make it a priority. Maybe I, they do now. Well, it's interesting you say that because I was about to say, and isn't it kind of messed up how I don't know how much better it's gotten. My mom yeah, is on oh, the board of school that I went to. Mm-hmm. It's a K through 12. 
and she'll talk to me sometimes about initiatives they're doing specifically focused on mental health so yeah. like yes it's starting but i think it's taken a lot to get yeah. there and i also think that from what i've spoken about with friends about their schools or even like family friends whose kids are younger mm -hmm. maybe they're on kind of the beginning of this curve because they're like the mental health of the younger generation is similarly terrifying. Yeah. And you, even you look Probably at suicide worse. rates yeah. of kids, like it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And I think that's also why I'm so determined to work these roots out of mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. because now as a parent and especially as my kid gets older and we bring more kids into this universe, hopefully yeah. like I want to create a space where they're okay with yeah. not being the best. Yeah. And I actually think one of the things I've learned in the past few years that I've loved is I like not being the best. Oh, my God. I'm with you. It's amazing. It's kind of awesome. Oh, my God. I am <laughs> so with you. I'm like, fuck, I wish I learned this like 10 years ago. <laughs> because being the best, there's just so much pressure that like I uh, don't want to deal with. No, I'm with you. And like it gives you permission to just chill the fuck out and sleep and like not have to be performative in any yes. way i'm like i mean i think that part of me will always have this tendency of you know putting a hundred percent into something mm -hmm. but what i've let go of is the false sense of control i thought i had in 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 what that outcome would be yeah right like i can still dedicate a hundred percent of my time into my projects and love them but once I release them into the world, that's the part of me that's just like, okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Farewell. See where it goes. Otherwise, before I would have been like trying to hold on to it as much as possible and control every environment in order for that outcome to have been perfect. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, I don't give a shit. So it's so interesting you say that because two things come to mind. First is that, yes, we can still put 100% of ourselves into these things. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's like the main factor that's shifted for me and I can hear in you is, but why are we putting 100% yeah, into yeah, these things? Yeah. Are we putting 100% into these things to be the best? Or are we putting 100% into these things because we love this project and we care deeply and passionately right, about it? Right, Like that's yes. a very different narrative. 100%, 100%. Similarly, like what you were even doing with your hands, I envision the my past and still I can fall into this and I catch myself, I honestly fell into it yesterday slash this morning is I, I call it like a bottleneck grip mm. where I am like strangling projects yeah and right, life right, right, right. And I'm like go my way mm -hmm. like, do what I want you to do <laughs> and whenever I do that I have such a tight grip that like nothing can come back up no like right, nothing right, can right, arise right, right, because right. I'm so psychotic and trying to control it that it can't go the direction it's meant to go. Absolutely. And when I'm like, let's see where this takes us. Like the things that arise are more incredible than I could have originally Absolutely. imagined. And like, that's how the world is really designed, right? Yeah. Is that like, the more we let go and put out there for other people to receive and for the universe or God or whatever it is for however mm -hmm. anyone identifies, the more likely it is to actually be abundant and rewarding and doing good for the world. Yep. But the more we hold on to it and try to control, like we're really serving only ourselves and in a, in a really harmful and negative way. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine who is 
incredibly successful and he and I share I joke we've like paths of like burnout awakening that like we're very aligned like we both came to these awarenesses around the same time of like what the hell are we doing why are we working this hard why are we killing ourselves etc and he said to me he was like you know I realized that it's a really lonely place at the top of the mountain so lonely and I was like that is so true he's like there's really no glory in being alone at the top and I really want everyone to know that is there's no glory up there because you look around and you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, everyone down there that yeah. I pushed and shoved aside to get yeah, here. And you're like, what's the, how are you doing? What's now the point? I'm alone. Yeah. Like, you know, now I, I have a, an amazing team of women I work with. And I can't tell you how much they mean to me. And they're I mean, one, like I'm just inspired by all of them. They're just brilliant brilliant humans but to be able to celebrate and share the wins together is Mm -hmm. like gives me literal goosebumps it's just so much more fun it's so much more fun yeah okay i want to go back because i completely feel like i took us off this path but you were at hbo yes (laughs) and you experienced burnout oh yeah what did that look like burnout like three times in my career like really terribly where it, burnout for me actually manifests itself medically and physically. Yep. I'm somebody who will get like almost like chronic pancreatitis, what which is, pancreatitis? is extremely painful. It's essentially like for some people it's autoimmune. For me, it's incre- it's just stress induced. Your pancreas mm-hmm. is essentially the part of your body that breaks down nutrients okay. and basically gets like stuck. Incredibly painful. The I'm cramping sure. that comes from that. Okay. My doctor would be like, that's absolutely not how you describe pancreatitis, but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> We're not doctors here. Everyone knows oh, that. Don't worry. None of my listeners. I when I burn out. That's none of my listeners are expecting <laughs> any type of actual doctor. He's like, ab- that's absolutely not pancreatitis. Is. But every single time I burnt out, that has been the symptom. And the other one is like, I developed like severe, debilitating and chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you, when I was at HPO, I went to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor trying to see why I was so incredibly tired. I was so tired that I would actually like go into empty conference rooms and lock the door and lie down for like 15 minutes to like, that's the level of exhaustion I was under. I got tested for a million things and my doctor ended up saying to me, he was like, you need to realize that this is, there's actually nothing medically wrong with you. I'm literally listening yeah. to someone tell my story. Yeah. He's like, like, there's nothing medically exactly wrong with you. What happened I was me. like, what do you mean? Yes, there is. Like, yeah. I've got this. I got fucking pancreatitis. I got all this stuff. And he's like, it's yes, you have these things. He's like, but we cannot find anything in this your system. It was me and my digestive health. Yeah. And he was like, you need to re- you need to understand the relationship between your mental health and your gut. Mm-hmm. They're deeply connected. Deeply. And most people who have chronic stomach issues like this, I also had IBS, I had all sorts of shit. It's mental, it's environmental. So I left HBO and I will say that like, even though I was burnt out and exhausted, it was, I was so proud of my work there and I was really proud to be a part of the team and everyone I worked with was wonderful. I would say, the th- I've burnt out three times, but that was a time that was like truly self-inflicted burnout. Like mm-hmm. that was Madison needing to overachieve in a way that I learned the hard way was unnecessary. 
The second time I burned out really terribly was environmental was because of my time at Museum of Ice Cream, which was like that environment was everyone burnt out at the whole company, like every single person I worked with left. Mm-hmm. That was environmental. So I think that ultimately there are different reasons why we burn out. It's just a matter of like, are we able to identify in ourselves the symptoms of our burnout? Yep. Because you can be in different environments. You can be in different relationships. But burnout will most likely continue to manifest itself in similar ways. And if we don't know what those symptoms are, it gets undiagnosed or misdiagnosed, I should say. You want to know the best way to start your day by prioritizing your health. For me, that is what my morning routine is all about. And sure, I'm talking about mental health, which is why I meditate and journal, but also physical health. My mornings, as you know, are my vital me time that set the tone for the rest of my day and put me in the right headspace to take on whatever comes my way. One of the main players in that routine is Athletic Greens. I gave AG1 a try because I heard about it on a podcast ad just like this, and I was super interested in making my health a priority. I didn't feel like I was getting enough nutrients in my diet, so I was super interested in the supplement, but then I became hooked when I learned AG1 is way more than greens. I take AG1 in the morning immediately after I I meditate and while I write down my morning thoughts before I work out and it makes me feel like I am prioritizing my health and doing something good for my body first thing in the morning. Last week when I was in LA recording a bunch of podcasts, you better believe I had my AG1 travel packs with me. I truly do not go anywhere without them. Especially while traveling, the immunity support is so vital and AG1 travel packs make it so easy. You simply pack them in your toiletry bag, rip one open each morning, mix it into a glass of water, and enjoy. It provides me with the comfort of my morning routine even while on the road, and it is such a small act that makes such a big difference. So if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com FFF. That's athleticgreens.com FFF. Check it out. I had the best freaking lunch this week thanks to Sakara. As it continues to be cold outside, I want something super cozy and comforting for lunch. Of course, it also has to be delicious and filling. The Sakara Southwestern Sunset Soup and Chipotle Corn Muffin did just that. Wow, did it hit the spot. The soup was super flavorful and rich and the epitome of a cozy winter meal. But let me tell you, this chipotle corn muffin, oh my freaking God, it was delicious. There aren't many good gluten-free baked goods out there, but this one hit the spot. It had actual chunks of corn in each bite, which was just the cherry on top for me. And yes, of course, my son was a huge fan as well. Are you at all surprised? As a self-proclaimed non-lunch person, this meal won me over, especially given the fact that all I had to do was reheat it. It took like 15 minutes out of my afternoon and was so freaking easy. The best part is that I was able to go about my afternoon and not have any post-lunch slump where I'm feeling pulled to my bed for a quick nap. Most importantly, it kept me full and energized until my mid-afternoon snack, which is a big win for me. If you haven't heard about Sakara before, let me fill you in. Sakara delivers science-backed, plant-rich nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. Their ready-to-eat meals are nutritionally designed to deliver results from weight management and ease bloat to boosted energy and clearer skin. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash Cameron or enter code Cameron at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash Cameron to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash Cameron. 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I had very similar at my days in JP where I yeah. was so wildly bloated and constipated and struggling yeah, yeah, so badly yeah. seeing every doctor under the sun and they're like, you have this, but I don't know why. And mm -hmm. I don't know what's causing it. And for me, I think it was environmental. Like yeah. that industry is just yeah. cutthroat. Cut yeah. yeah. Like a breeding ground mm -hmm. for burnout, but also personal. Like yeah. I wanted to be in the adolescent associate top performing class. Like I wanted all of these things and I was hell bent on getting yeah. them. And with our performance reviews, if I didn't get the E for excellent, then what was I even doing? Yeah. Like, I wanted the top portion of the bonus. I was obsessed. Yeah. And so much of my life was wrapped up in that badge of honor for yeah. me, for my job mm -hmm. that kept me there. Even when I could so easily recognize that like, I'm not my best version of myself mm -hmm. here. And I used to say all the time, it was at this time I was working there. I had started Freckled Foodie, which eventually evolved into Cameron Oaks Rogers, the mm -hmm. social content I have now and planning a wedding and I kept being like I am running with a blindfold on and yeah. I will hit a wall but until I hit it I'm sprinting yeah and then I got hit by a car and it was yeah. like oh, oh jokes wow. on you bitch wow. that wall is a car and it's gonna hit you yeah wow. and that wow. like shifted everything for mm -hmm. me and talk about universe like that was wake the hell up yeah, and slow wow. down yeah but I still knowing everything we're talking about right now can fall into the hamster wheel of specifically content creation. Mm -hmm. So coming from my job now, it's easy for me to tap into, like not that I wanna, I don't think there ever is a best. You can't mm -hmm. really like yeah, quantify not, not that what we do now. Yeah. in what we yeah. do, but it's also simultaneously really easy to compare. Mm -hmm. Cause like you can see numbers everywhere. So it's like, oh, they have that many followers or they get that many views yeah, on a yeah. reel or yeah. they got that partnership. And that's where I think when I overconsume, I can easily go yeah. into that sure, sure, sure. Yeah. insular, you got to do better. You mm -hmm. got to do this. You got to get that yeah. vibe. Yeah. I feel How you. do you combat that in this space now? I delete all my social for a week every month. A week every month. Yeah. I wow. find that like that's kind of the threshold of for me when that like comparison looking at people's this that whatever kicks in mm -hmm. and it resets me i'm like oh right this is life without it my life is wonderful nothing has changed does it matter how many followers that brand has or this new client no i don't even know because if i don't have instagram i don't know right. who's working with who and so that's one of the best like tricks of the trade that i have it's like pull it out get rid of it not mm -hmm. forever you don't have to like delete your account. I still will look at it on my laptop. So again, like it's, I, but like, I don't know. The interfaces for these things on your desktop computer Very are different. shit, which is yeah. great, right? So you just like can look, be like, okay, nothing's changed. Cool. Yeah. And I'm out. So that's one of my like, I mean, I live by that. Swear by it. It's amazing. I would say I've also gotten to a place in realizing and accepting that like, Everyone has their own path in time. Mm -hmm. 
And so if someone else is on a roll with the partnerships and content or clients, it doesn't mean that I am operating in scarcity. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have that experience or even more than that at some point. It's when you start measuring or weighing that like right now, where are we? That's when it gets super dangerous, right? Completely. So I've just sort of gone to this place just like in general, just being like, don't care. Don't care. Even if I do care, I tell myself I don't care, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like, no, I'm working on this, honestly. Yeah, I'm just like, you don't care. I talk to myself all the time. My fiance's Same. always like, what? Huh? Huh? Because I'm just constantly Same. in conversation. <laughs> what are you saying? What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, don't worry. I'm talking to myself. Or I'm talking to the dogs. But letting go of that and just saying, like, it doesn't matter. You don't mm-hmm. care. It doesn't matter. You don't care. Or, or acknowledging, like, you do care, but it also doesn't matter. Yeah. The other sort of like esoteric way I'm looking at this is understanding that like all of the emotions I feel around fatigue, burnout, lack, insecurity, all of that is actually a product of systems that have been designed like in this world to like keep women down. Mm-hmm. I have been reading a lot about the Nat Ministry and I'm blanking on the author's name, but she has oh, like. Oh, I know who it is. Oh, fuck. Oh, I know who it my is. God. Like, my mind is fucking Yeah, blown. I went deep into that like a year or so. Oh, ago. my God. I mean, the idea that like our fatigue is a product of the patriarchy. At first, I was like, what? And I was like, oh, my gosh. She was like, no, the whole system is mm-hmm. designed for women to be overexhausted. Yep. And never feel like we're achieving or doing enough, whether as mothers, as wives, as business women, as friends, daughters, sisters, that that inherently means that we're exhausted. Mm-hmm. And the systems are designed for us to be exhausted. So that if we're exhausted, we can't achieve and we can't be competitive to men. What? Yeah. Like when I was reading this, being like, this all makes total sense. And I feel it goes back to what we were saying, where like it almost gives me mentally permission yeah. to be like, well, then I'm fucking out. Yeah, totally, totally. Peace. Peace. Like, I don't have to play this game because yeah. I'm not. No, nope. not subscribing to. Yeah. This. But the, it was just mind blowing to come to the awareness that like, oh, this is so much bigger than me. So much bigger. I mean, and especially I know you've talked about this because I read an article yeah. that you were part of, but especially for black women. Oh, yeah, it's like, a whole other layer. It's a layer. whole other layer, totally. which Nat Ministry focuses yeah. on. It's just, it, it's similarly, we were talking about not drinking before this, yeah. the book Quit Like a Woman. It's a very similar thing where it almost gave me this confidence in my decision to be like, well, actually, I'm not subscribing to that. So yeah. I'm going to take myself out of this game. 100%. 100%. I had this moment actually yesterday where my husband and I were talking and He's not on social media, which is such a gift. Good for him. The best, like... Legend. Honestly, he's one of a kind. There's very few in the world. That's great. <laughs> it's so funny when he'll say certain... that, Like, obviously in high school, he was on... Well, kind of on Facebook, but like has never had an Instagram, has Ugh. never had a TikTok, none of these things. And he will like sometimes say things like... And he keeps up with mine through Instagram.com yeah, yeah, slash yeah. Freckled Foodie. He'll yeah. look every day. Well, now it's Cameron Oaks Rogers, but he'll look every day to like see what I post yeah. and like... Talk to me about it. And I, I love him for that. But yeah. he can't see my stories, which yeah. is the best. Because yeah. if you don't have an account, you can't right. watch you can't them. So like he has no idea what the hell I'm talking about <laughs> on there. But he will ask me like he keeps up to date with my show. And he, so he knows these people yeah, when yeah. I'll talk to him about stuff. Yeah. And he asked me about a creator recently 
And he was like, oh, well, what do you think? Do you think she's a good influencer? And I was like, she's not the influencer I'd want to be, but she's an influencer that people want to follow. Yeah. And it came out of my mouth without thinking about it. And then I was like, that's so interesting that I am able to acknowledge that because there is a difference. Yeah. And that's something I've that's recently, growth. yeah, right? That's serious growth. I was really yeah. proud of myself. Yeah. I talked about it on my stories this morning. I'm like, go me. <laughs> but that was a very aha moment where I've recently come to terms with yeah. the fact that I can respect other people's content or work or whatever it is they're yeah. doing and simultaneously not want to do it. A hundred percent. Like a hundred percent. I don't subscribe to that. Yeah. And like, I made a comment to a friend of mine about a show that is made by a black creator that like I don't think is funny. Okay. And I said to her, I was like, I don't think this show's funny. And she said back to me, she's another black woman. She was like, it's okay for black people to make mediocre content too. Well, yeah. And I was like, oh, she was, I was like, you're fucking right. She was like, why people make tons of mediocre content. It's okay for us to make mediocre content. What was the pot? I was listening to something. Whoa, yeah. I was listening to it. I cannot remember. I was listening to something recently and it was, I honestly don't even remember if it was a black woman or a man, but they were saying how like, I just want to create a show where it's like a family talking about fucking nothing (laughs) and they're black. Because how come every show that has black characters has to be these like aha yeah, life yes, altering yes, moments? Like, can't yeah. they just sit in a kitchen and yes. talk like all these white people on yeah. TV? I need to remember what this was. Wait, but that is it was so that's true. That's exactly my friend's point, right? Yeah, it's like the same it always thing. has to be this like huge thing. I mean, we see it on TikTok now, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. with creators, a black creator has to create like t- not even ten x, a hundred x style of content to get the clout and fame that a white creator yeah, can sit there and do like get ready with me while I put on my makeup and right. talk about nothing and right. like no it's so, somehow amass it's mass so it's so true but it also just ties back to like I mean obviously it's it's disproportionate people of color have to you know do a hundred percent more to get any sort of recognition but regardless I think the reality is is that it's the lack of judgment can we can we all reach a place where there's a lack of judgment of anyone creating anything that's mediocre yep Right. Like can, can black people create mediocre things, period, mm-hmm. and it not be judged and it not be, you know, put up against Denzel Washington right. every fucking time. <laughs> I'm like, OK, we know he's great. Let other people just be OK. Come on. You know, and like, yes, for, uh, for all talent and content creation, it's like the that's the answer. It's like, OK, is it it's there's no such thing as good or bad. It's just mm-hmm. like either for you or not for you. Yep. And if we could reach a place where like everyone could just be mediocre, mm-hmm. it would do a lot. It would do a lot for me. It would do a lot for so you. So much for me. It would do a lot. And so I'm like, I struggle with, I've gone to a place where I just like won't post mm-hmm. versus like accepting the mediocrity. So before it was like, I was incessantly posting and I was like, this has to be perfect. The other flip is like, now I don't post half as much because I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's like perfect but I'm going for the gray this year. I think about when I've like achieved some of like the biggest career accolades mm-hmm. that I've had and like really where was I mentally? It was probably like the most depressed, burnt out places of my life, truly. And sure, you could say like, well, that was brilliant work and you got the Webbies and you got 30 under 30 and all that stuff. But like, in hindsight, looking back on it, I'm like, the cost was severe and extreme. Like, I would never do it again. If someone was like, you had to live your life that way again, 
for the next decade to win Webby's and get 30 under 30, I'd be like, hell no. Yeah. Don't even get me started. Oh, I'm my 30 God. under 30. I'm like, no The obsession I had way. with that. I don't even know why I thought I deserved it. Because like, that's what this society, but I was like, like oh, I want it so bad. Like, but it's obsessed. designed that way. And like, here's the thing. I, every year, I get people who reach out to me. People don't even know. Joe Schmo from across the street. Hey, Madison, love you. Don't know yet. How can I get 30 under 30? Not kidding. People are obsessed with it. Obsessed. And I'm always like, if your drive to get this is rooted in the accolade, you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. that's just how the universe works. Hate to tell you, but that's just the reality. Is that like, it has to be rooted in a real why. I, first of all, anyone of your listeners who think that you just wake up one day and you get an Academy Award or a Webby Award or Forbes and 30, hate to tell you, you got to apply for all that shit. So right. that's oh, the other thing. People just think me, that I you applied. wake up one day and you're like, oh yeah. my God, <laughs> what? I got 30 under 30. Hell no, it's a whole yeah. it's a whole thing. But the first time I applied for it, I was in this mental headspace of having left Museum of Ice Cream and I had a really terrible exit and I had a not a good relationship with my co-founders at the end. And I was on this crusade to get it. I was like, I have to get 30 and 30 to prove these fuckers wrong. Mm-hmm. I have to. I have to. That was like this like vengeance yeah. that I had. And guess what? I didn't get it the first time because the universe does not reward that mindset mm-hmm. at all. The second time I applied, I had done the therapy and had released this tension I had with my co-founders. And I accepted that I wasn't, supposed to be there anymore that I was actually supposed to be doing exactly what I was doing at the time which was building my agency and that year was when George Floyd happened and my company and I took this huge pivot from our regular programming and started to like use graphic design sort of design studio to educate people and get empower people to like really share what these things what's happening in the world and why it was such deep meaningful work it was and is some of the most the most proud work that I've ever done in terms of the impact, feeling that like design was giving back to the world, seeing how my team felt, the motivation, the experience. There's a why. It's a huge why. And so the time came again to apply a 30 under 30. And I remember I said to my my ex-boyfriend, but boyfriend at the time, I was like, I actually am not going to apply to this this year. And he was like, why? You got to. And I was like, I don't really got to. I was like, I don't, this doesn't really mean anything to me anymore. He's like, well, what would it mean? If like, how could you do it? And it means something. And I remember saying to him, I was like, if one black woman sees me on this list and it inspires her, then I guess it means something. And he was like, write your application about that. And that was the year I got it. And so that's the advice I give to everyone about this list. You reach out to anybody who's been on it. I bet you there's actually a lot of substance behind their experience and why they got on it. I mean, sure, there's definitely like, you see the odd and like these big celebrities on it and you're like, oh, come on, Forbes. Like, really, that person? Like, I think they got enough shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> you had to give them one of the spots? Come on. But it, it, the why is everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's everything. We lose sight and I spent most of my 20s losing sight of my why. Now I'm 30 and... My why is so clear and I don't care about any of that shit anymore. Like it it doesn't change your life. 
No. 30, 30 under 30 does not come with a million dollars. I wish it did. Please, that'll it be a trailer. Oh my this. God. Then I understand the hustle. Yeah. Right. I okay. Totally that's what get I get. It. No, I but totally like get it, the why, whether it's Forbes 30 under 30, whether it's why you're doing the work that you're doing, but yeah. the whole thing is the focus in the why because what is it and yeah. like that's what's also I found shifted a lot of my content in the past year or so because I found a new why yeah and it has lit me up and been like that's my purpose yeah. that's why I shared that's why I've done this I want to just really quickly get into some things that you now do yeah. for people listening who are like fuck I resonate so deeply I'm struggling so badly I'm in burnout city what do you implement in your daily, weekly, yeah. monthly, other than pulling the plug on social once yeah, a week a month. That's a big one, but I can't stress that one enough. Week a month. We are there's a great book called Dopamine Nation. I've heard of this. It's great. It just talks about how like whether you like it or not, everyone's addicted to their phone. Mm -hmm. Everyone. And our brains are wired to crave dopamine. So like giving your brain the opportunity to not have that like jerk reaction to scroll is is not just about like your overall it's really like for your body like give your body that release so that i swear by i put my phone on airplane mode every night when i go to sleep and i do not get off airplane mode until i meditate in the morning mm -hmm. non-negotiable for me like Same. my fiance knows if he does not hear from me in the morning and he's already left for work it's like i have i'm not done with my routine so that's a part of my habit in terms of protecting my peace i'm just curious because people ask me this all the time what type of meditation do you do i do vedic okay so there's a if you're based in new york there's a meditation school here called spring it's on it's on what street is that i think it's on lafayette they have a meditation intensive that i took right before covid thank god i was like holy shit like when covid hit i was like i'm so happy i did <laughs> thank that god. like january 2020 it's a three-day intensive and it's it's intense. I mean, you go home, you don't sleep there. I did an intensive but it, in New York. Yeah, It's great. Like it really taught me Perfect. how to meditate. I had tried all the courses in Headspace and Chopra and like, you're still on your phone. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So like you're, it's the, yep. it doesn't, how can you, I mean, to each their own, but like I was not going to be able to learn how to meditate using my phone. Because once my phone's in my hand, I'm doing something. But yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So I do Vedic meditation, okay. huge journaler. I like, I did the artist way ish half of it. That's one of my to-dos <laughs> is to finish it. And they have this morning routine where you write three pages, stream of consciousness, mm -hmm. just like whatever comes out of your brain. And I do it still. And it's magic. All I don't anxiety, do three pages, but I do that. Like, just dump blah, it. Blah, 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 blah. It's total gibberish. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like I have these moments where I'm like, I got to write a book about that. But like rarely, most of the time. <laughs> just, I'm like, I hope no, no one, one reads sees it. This. Totally. Like my dream was so fucking weird. Yeah, totally, totally. But it's um these like and everyone's like, wow, your routine sounds really long. And I'm like, I don't do all of it every single day. On a, on the weekends, I can meditate, journal, work out, keep the phone on airplane mode. Great. But during the week, sometimes I just get time to meditate. Sometimes mm -hmm. I just get time to journal. But giving myself the daily requirement to do just one okay. is so important. And then the other things that I do to protect my peace with my burnout, and I take full acknowledgement, I have a lot of privilege and that I own my own business. So I have agency and flexing my own hours, but founders deserve time off and mental rest as well. And content creators and freelancers, all of us that are like in it to win it by ourselves, we are also 
you know, deserving of the time off that if you're an employee at a business that you get, but Mm -hmm. we're the last people to think we need that. And so I've mandated a lot of things in the business. Which I've seen and I respect the shit out of. People think it's crazy. And it is a little crazy, but it's, it's a game changer. So you've mandated five weeks off. We have five weeks off. And it's the same five weeks for everyone. Same five weeks for everyone, not at one time. It's two weeks over Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, a week over spring breaks, Passover, Easter, two weeks in the summer. Incredible. Whole company is closed. Clients have the dates in their contracts when we start with them. So there's like no surprises there. People are like, how do you convince them? I'm like, let them know when you sign the contract. Like, <laughs> I don't spring it on people. It's not like, hey, we're off for two weeks. Peace. Yeah. Like, they're fully aware. And then the other two things that we do that I think like saves me and everybody else is that like the day does not start on Monday until noon. Oh my God. Yeah, baby. Are you hiring? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> like I'm a creator and I'm like, can I come work for yeah, you? Yeah. But like, it is, <laughs> we all, if you can, most people can actually make that structure for themselves. Yes. Th- right. That's the thing. And like, yeah. this is something I'm trying to navigate myself mm-hmm. right now is like more structure around boundaries to protect my peace what I struggle with the most is the aspect of parenting and like I feel a lot of guilt if someone else is caring for my child and I'm there there's a lot going on mentally that I need to deal with and I also just want to be as involved as I humanly can Mm -hmm. but I simultaneously know that I need to set time for myself and I do but that means my alarm's going off at 540 so I can have an hour plus time to myself before he wakes up yeah which is fine. I'll do it. I will do anything to have that time for myself yeah. first in the yeah. morning because it's vital. I don't have any children yet, but a lot of my mom friends struggle with that exact thing of like, how do I prioritize my peace and my career and my rest? Um, I have some girlfriends of mine who have like immense anxiety about having help. Mm-hmm. And my mom, we had caretakers who supported us throughout my entire life my mom was a working mom and she was she always said that like she was the best mom that she could be because she had help yeah and if we can release ourselves as women of like this feeling that like we're less than because someone is helping us in the u.s is one of the only places in the world where people don't have support really i also think yes we can release ourselves but it comes with releasing the judgment of others mm-hmm. because I will feel confident and I feel confident in no, my decisions, mom judgment is real man. but the judgment that comes with certain things. And like, I feel not even as a mom, I feel I have a hard time like relaxing and vacationing because yeah. I come from such privilege that then it's like, Oh, you get to fucking do that. Like right. the ju- right. that's what the inner voice is for yeah. me yeah, for sure. that eats me up. Yeah. I could talk to you for literally. I know. Days. I was like, what are we do we have to end? I know. Can you come back? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to be my co-host? Sure. Let's do um, it. Um this was so amazing. This is great. Thank for you. For everyone who wants more of you, because I know everyone will, where can they support you? Um, just hit me up on Instagram. What's I'm your, around three, three weeks handle. a month though. Yeah. <laughs> my my new protocol, everyone. Blame Madison when yeah, I just three log weeks off. a month. If I don't you don't hear from me from a week, it's my week yeah. off. Yeah. Your handle. Madison dot Okay. Everything will be in the show notes. This was Thank you, so Karen. wonderful. This was great. Really great. I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I have so much fun recording the show. It is my favorite part of my job and truly is what lights me up. 
Your feedback and response to every episode is what keeps me going. And if this episode resonated with you, please feel free to DM me over on Instagram or share on your stories. If you are looking for a way to support the show, please rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. It means the world to me and it really helps the show grow. Please also make sure to hit subscribe so that you are up to date with new episodes coming at you every Wednesday morning. And of course, please be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at at Cameron Oaks Rogers. I love you and I appreciate your support so much. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.